Well, today we are going to be in Acts 13. You remember we had all kinds of action and excitement and whatnot happening through Acts 11 and 12. Paul, Paul, uh, Saul and Barnabas went to Antioch. I hope, I hope you checked out your maps this week. Um, I'm, there's a Bible study that I'm in during the week. And this week at one point we got to talk. We're, we're also studying Acts. And we got our Bibles out and we spent like half an hour just on the maps. If you have a good, if you have a good study Bible and you look in the back, you can learn all kinds of cool stuff. Just looking at the maps and figuring out where things are. And, and, uh, and you'll want your maps today too. So there you are. But anyway, they were traveling all over the place. They, can, they went to Jerusalem with an offering donated from all the Jerusalem church to help them through a famine that's coming up. And they went back to Antioch. And remember, all these people in Antioch were from Cyprus and Cyrene that had originally gone over to Antioch and preached the gospel. Remember, Antioch was a big commerce center. You know, it was like it was just like St. Louis or Louisville or Nashville or Cincinnati. It was a big city that was a hub for a lot of things, and a lot of things went through there. It would probably not be a Los Angeles, Chicago, New York level city, but Antioch would definitely be, you know, neck like a San Francisco. I mean, it would be it was a big city, but not not the mega, not the the top three or whatever. And so they're there. They spent a year there teaching and preaching. And then in Acts 13, it comes back to Antioch to describe what's going on there and to tell you what kind of people are there. There were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. All right, so let's take a minute and talk about who all these people are because it is it gets really crazy and really exciting really fast. We know Barnabas, he was the son of encouragement. He was a Levite from Cyprus. In Acts 4, he sold a bunch of property, put all the money at the apostles' feet and basically gave up his uh, birthright inheritance of land to the work of the church. Simeon, who was called Niger. So Simeon, some people think he is Simeon that carried the cross for Jesus when Jesus was getting crucified. Some people say he isn't. You might have a footnote, but a Niger, which is a scary word, a little tricky, but I'm going to keep working around it. But it's a Greek word for dark-skinned or black. So all of a sudden, that word has all kinds of history. Well, that's also a way that they described the Simeon that carried the cross of Jesus. Which also helps out because he was obviously not Jewish. So a lot of people that are Jewish are Jewish in appearance. They look Jewish and they refer to themselves as Jewish Just like I would say I'm Irish or I'm German. I have German-Irish descent. I've got German-Irish in me. You can look at me and you can know that. You can look at my red-haired kids. Okay. There were 
people that were Jewish like that in appearance, but not in their heart and soul. Then there were people that were Jewish that did not look Jewish, like Simon, Simeon, Cyrene, because he was a dark-skinned guy. He is not in the lineage of Abraham. So, or somebody has married out of the tribe at some point. So why is that important? Because it's showing already, remember Antioch is where they're first called Christians. And remember Acts 1.8, Jesus said, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth, not just to Jews. To all the Gentiles, all nations. Here's Simeon. Sign to that. Lucius of Cyrene. Cyrene was an island and people from Cyrene didn't look Jewish. They looked more like Africans than they did like Middle Eastern Jewish people. But they didn't quite look totally like Africans either. So you've got these different racial makeups of people. Menean. A lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch. What? We just talked about Herod last week. One of the Herods got split open, worms ate him, all that stuff. Lifelong friend can mean a couple different things. It either means that they were really close. The the expression that's used is they were nursed by the same woman. The thing that we don't know is, is nursed by the same woman, just a figurative phrase to say, man, they were close. Like, like if I say they were close like this, right? Okay, what does that mean? Historically, let's go study. It's hard to know, you know, they were like peas and carrots. What? You know, that's another expression that we use. We, they were close. They were like peas and carrots. Okay, one was green, one was orange. You know, it's hard to know how much is literal and how much is figurative. And it's also hard to know how much is literal and how much is figurative with this. So, they were nursed by the same woman. They were really close. To be that close to to a Herod, you have to already be of some high standing. Um, you You have to already be in those circles with the political leaders and the powers. So you've got guys that are Jewish that don't look Jewish and would have to be out in the court of the Gentiles. You have Levites raised as a Levite, Barnabas. You have, oh, last but not least, and Saul. You have Saul who won, his dad was Greek, his mom was Jewish, but he was raised and educated in the finest of finest Jewish schools. Okay? So, like, if you asked him what rabbi he studied under, and he told you, you'd be like, whoa. Like, what seminary did you go to? Well, I studied under J. Vernon McGee and Billy Graham, and, you know, rattle off the whole name of people, whoever, however that fits into your concept of who the heavy hitters are. Saul studied under them. And there they are. That's the church in Antioch and a whole bunch of other people. But they have prophets and teachers. They're worshiping the Lord and they're fasting. And the Holy Spirit comes upon somebody there, probably one of the prophets. 
and says, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. So now everybody, we don't know what that looked like. We don't know how that happened. But somehow they're like, okay, Barnabas and Saul, you guys are going to do some special work. After fasting and praying, so that implies maybe they didn't know what the work was. They just knew Barnabas and Saul were going to do something, so let's take some time to fast and pray. It did, all of this didn't necessarily happen on the same Sunday. That's what I'm trying to say. After fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So Barnabas and Saul go out from Antioch. They're not going to Jerusalem with money to give to them. They're going out to advance the gospel, to, to, to tell people about Jesus. Being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. This is great, because both of these cities, well, Cyprus is an island, island country. Seleucia is a city that's on the port. It's the closest port, so Antioch is landlocked. So they would go from Antioch. They know they're going to go out to the world. So let's go to a port because we know we're going to take a boat. So they go to the port city. And then from the port city, they, there were boats going all over the place. And they're all merchants. There's no cruise ships. There's no vacations. And the way it worked is you basically find somebody that's going somewhere and you're going to ride along. You pay them. You might even have to work on the ship. And that's part of your pay. And that's going to help them get to wherever. That's how they would get their cruise. Is, you know, we're going to this place. I need people to come work. Who wants to go there? You'd pay. You'd work. You'd catch a boat. They go to Barnabas's, Barnabas's home island of Cyprus. They arrive at Salamis. Salamis is a city on Cyprus. They proclaimed the word of the God, word of God, in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John to assist them. So they show up on this island. They're like, all right, and I keep saying island. I don't even want, want you to think of it as an island. Uh, it's, like, it's like showing up in Indiana. It's like showing up, I mean, it's, it's big. You wouldn't know it's an island, except for everywhere you look, there's a beautiful beach. But it's, it's big. And they go to the city and they're like, let's find the Jewish people here. And so they go to the synagogue, probably on the Sabbath, and there's people there. And they recognize, oh, Barnabas, he's a Levite. Paul, he, you know, Saul, he has been educated. He's an educated rabbi. Let's see if they have anything to say. They have John with them. This is John... Other places he's called John Mark, just to try to keep it from being confused with other Johns. This is not the John that wrote the Gospel of John. This is not John the Baptist. This is um, probably the John that wrote the Gospel of Mark, and he's called John Mark in that. Um, or it could be another John Mark. We're not, we're not totally sure. But he came along, and the word that they have for him, he came along to assist them. So he's not the preacher, and he's not the teacher, and he's not the prophet. He's kind of a helper. 
He's kind of helping them carry their bags. He's kind of helping them make arrangements wherever they make arrangements. Remember when Peter said, we can't neglect the word of God to wait on tables. Let's get Stephen to sort this out. Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. He was powerful. He was the first martyr. But he was kind of doing some of the administrative grunt work for the gospel. That's why John is along. John Mark comes along. They go through the whole island as far as Paphos. The city of Paphos. So let's talk about this. Oh, there's just all kinds of fun in here, you guys. It's really crazy. So they go to this island. They, they go to Salamis. They find the synagogue. They preach there. They're working their way across the island. And if you get, if you, even if you get a modern-day map of Cyprus, it's cool to see kind of where they worked. They started at the far... They, they sailed to the far side of Cyprus, and then they kind of worked their way back towards the east. When they get to this city called Paphos, Paphos is evil. I... I was preparing this and I realized every week I complain, I compare every city that they go to to Las Vegas. Paphos is like Amsterdam. Amsterdam is worse than Las Vegas. And I won't tell you why. But it's really bad. Um, you have heard of the Greek goddess uh, Aphrodite. And she's this, this goddess of, of love and enjoyment and all this business. Okay. She was born in Paphos. That was their claim to fame. We are the place where she came walking up out of the sea after these disposed body parts of this other god that was killed. Okay. So Paphos, whatever you think about American culture has gone to the dogs and is, uh, there's no one valuing family structures anymore or, or traditional marriage. Uh, Whatever Paphos was worse. <laughs> it was it was terrible. Saul and Barnabas went there. They were not afraid. They were not offended. They were not Ooh, not going to go to Paphos. You know, they went there. They went there with the authority of the gospel. They went there with intent to preach the gospel. They didn't go there, I'm going to go see how bad it is. I'm going to go see how bad the world is. I'm going to see, go see how lost all that is. No, we're going to go there, we're going to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, that Jesus has come to die for people's sins, and we're going to tell them that it's happened, and the gospel applies to them too. The, kingdom of, the door of heaven is open to people in Paphos. We're going to go there. They go there, uh, not to be too totally weird, but anytime you make a bold move for God, with God, and the Holy Spirit is there to do it with you, the devil is right there to tempt you away from it and to weaken it and to destroy it. Because the devil hates your guts and he really wants to kill you. But Jesus is more powerful, as we'll see. They go to Paphos, and they come upon a certain magician. How do you like this for an introduction? A Jewish false prophet named (laughs) Bar-Jesus. 
So Bar Jesus, we know from all the other Barnabas and Barabbas, Bar means son of. This guy's name is son of Jesus. That's what he calls himself. He's a magician. So probably he is probably not thinking about the Jesus that we read about in the Gospels. So don't be like, whoa. Uh, Jesus was a very common name. It's the name that the, the Jesus is our Anglicized version of that name, Yeshua. And the Hebrew name Yeshua is the same word that we get Joshua from. And Yeshua means the Lord is salvation. The Lord brings salvation. So, so it's not that he's saying he's the son of Jesus Christ of the Gospels. He's saying, my name is, I am the son of salvation. I can, I can save everybody. I can rescue you. I am the answer to your problems, right? So that's, that's where this name is coming from. And he's a magician, and he's a false prophet, and he's Jewish. So he's just all mixed up in all different ways. Because Jews aren't supposed to participate in witchcraft. He's not messed up because he's Jewish, but uh, witchcraft is strictly forbidden in the law. Multiple places, multiple laws put down witchcraft. So he's participating in that. And he's a false prophet, so he should have been killed according to Jewish law. If a prophet prophesies something and it doesn't come true, you stone him dead. And he's out of here, so you're not confusing people. He's all of those. He is with the proconsul. This is the, the government leader of the whole island of Cyprus. So he is the advisor to the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul... And sought to hear the word of God. Now how exciting is this? You've got this government. The, basically the governor of all of Cyprus. Has somehow heard about Barnabas and Saul. Somehow word has gotten to him. And it got to him in such a way that he wants to hear from them. Wow, I want to hear these guys. I want to check these guys out, right? Wow, okay. So Barnabas and Saul, whether they were hurt, he heard from him. I mean, he's the ruler of all of Cyprus. So they, what they are doing could have gotten to him through any of these cities. But now he's in the, the capital at Paphos. He's in the town where the ruler lives. And the ruler who has this Jewish false prophet magician wizard as his advisor, wants to hear Barnabas and Saul. But Elamus the magician, for that's the meaning of his real name, so Luke is like, we're not going to deal with this Bar-Jesus junk anymore. Like, he calls himself that. We're just going to call him by what his real name was, Elamus the magician. He opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So this is funny. you got a couple things going on. Elamus is the governor's wizard. Okay? If other people come and have teachings and have their own magic, his job is at stake. So he could lose his job. That's, that's just a pure cynical economic perspective here. On the other hand, if Elamus the magician really thinks that he is for real, 
and somebody is coming that's got a different kind of magic, he doesn't want the proconsul to hear it because it's a different kind of magic and he doesn't think it's right. Okay, so that's, that's that one. Or it is all spiritual. And there is some sort of power or principality or demon or spirit in Elamus that makes him not like the spirit that is coming that is about to arrive in Barnabas and Saul. And I think that's most likely the case because there's other places where Barnabas and Saul go and the evil spirits that are around in people put up a fight when Barnabas and Saul show up. And so Elamus, he wants to turn him away. But Saul, who is also called Paul, oh my gosh, we'll talk about that in a minute, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, so here's the scene, proconsul, giant government building, but not government like take number 16, like the BMV, like government building, like a castle, like a king. This man is powerful. We're going to show him honor. We are going to uh, bow. We're not going to make eye contact with him. We're not going to speak to him unless he speaks to us first. He is mighty and Barnabas and Saul go in and here comes the wizard and the wizard is doing something to try to discredit them, doing something to try to uh, discount them. It just says, I mean, it doesn't even give the details, right? He is trying to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. The, the expression for this is he was eye to eye. So now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, the boldness of Saul, eye to eye with the wizard who works for the proconsul. And he says to him, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, son of the devil, you are not the bar, you are not bar salvation, you are bar devil, you are bar devil, you are bar Satan, right? So he is taking his, dude, you want to name yourself the son of Yeshua, I'm going to call you who you are, you are the son of the devil, that's, that's serious. <laughs> Paul, Saul is not going lightly here. Is he? Boom. You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy. Will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and black darkness fell upon him. And he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Right there, other people are watching. Dude is struck with blindness. A mist comes on him. He can't see and he starts... Okay, so. This really happened. And so we get the description of what happened... And the description that we have of what happened is not written like an Ernest Hemingway novel. And it's not written like a nightly news where there's going to be a video. So all of this stuff in the book of Acts, it pays to slow down and to just really picture this scene of what happened. Because if you've ever, have you ever had a chance to meet somebody that's really powerful or really 
I mean, maybe even really famous. And you, you act differently around them. And you're trying to be like, okay, be cool. You know, don't throw up. There's, someone, there's the president, and he's right there. You know, there's the governor. I mean, maybe the governor. There's the mayor. There's the head of the Kiwanis. I don't know. Barnabas and Saul get called in to speak to this guy. He wants to hear them. It's not questioning. It's, I want to hear what you guys have to say. <gasps> we have audience with the proconsul, right? Can you imagine John, who's handling all of their affairs and handling where they go? Maybe the word came from John, who's younger, who's a little bit more excitable. You guys, men, sir, we don't know. The proconsul wants to see you. He wants to, he wants to hear what you have to say. Proconsul. Have you ever talked to the proconsul? No, I've never talked to the proconsul. All right, you know where he is? Yeah, but we're in Paphos. I don't. I mean, did you see? Did you see those one people? What they were doing on the street? Oh my gosh! Blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's go. They go. They see this magician wizard guy, and they're like, oh. And Saul, you can't possibly read what he says there without anything but anger and aggression. You son of the devil. You enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? That had to be in the hearing of, uh, what's his name? Sergius Paulus. It had to be in the hearing. Sergius Paulus is watching this. Oh my gosh. Who, is the, who are these people that they barge right in and they assault my advisor? Because he's not going to think of him as his wizard. Right? He's not going to think of him as his, his court magician. He is there for advice and guidance. And Saul walks right in, strikes the dude blind, calls him the son of the devil. Now all of a sudden that guy is groping around trying to find his way. He's been struck blind. Who knows how bad it is to be struck blind? Saul. Saul just dished out what he himself had gone through. So as we read this, that Saul is angry, you son of the devil, you enemy, uh, stop your villainy. You're full of deceit. You're the enemy of all righteousness, everything that's righteous. He doesn't want to kill him. He doesn't want to just like and beat him up. He wants to stop him, but he wants him to change. He wants him to make the path straight because he knows that he was an enemy of righteousness, persecuting Jesus himself, and he was struck blind. Isn't that wild? When that happens, we don't know what happened to this guy. We don't know. I mean, he could have been screaming. He could have been hollering. He could have been in a panic. The proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So something else happened here that we don't know what it is. We don't, know, we don't know if Saul walked right in and said some things, and then the magician said some things, and there was like this back and forth. Somehow the proconsul heard teaching from Paul. Somehow the magician opposed it and messed things up. And then somehow Saul said, shut your mouth. And it happened. Wow. 
all of that happens, and he believed. So now you have the head of the island of Cyprus, the country of Cyprus, just became a Christian. He is the... He is the governor, he is the president of Cyprus, and his office is in the birthplace of Aphrodite or Venus. Like, seriously, in influence, we have a planet named after the goddess that was born in this city. It's bad. The city is bad. I'm not going to go on in Acts 13, we're going to stop there, but... I think this is such an encouragement to us, you guys. I was reading this this week, and I was just like, I don't think I've ever read this before. This is amazing. Because these guys were not afraid of the culture that was creeping in around them. There was no culture creeping in in, in, Pont, in uh, Paphos. The culture was bad. And they marched right into it. And they, they found Jewish people. So they found people that are going to believe something. And they started preaching to them. But they're also preaching to other people too. And they're preaching so much. And they're making such a name for the message that they have. That somehow the governor, the president of the whole place heard about this and wanted to hear it. And in his wanting to hear about it. They did not go, um, you know, I mean, what would you think? The governor of a place that does what they do in Paphos, a place, a governor that's the, in charge of a place that rules over the birthplace of Aphrodite, the love goddess. He's hopeless, right? How could he ever follow Jesus? And that was not their attitude at all. They were totally ready. They were even ready for a magician to change his ways and turn towards Jesus. All right. But the name change happened. So when it says Paul, it's a big, big deal. Because all over the Jewish world, if you were named Saul, by golly, that's like being named George Washington. I mean, come on. Like... If your name was George Washington and you had a white hair and a ponytail like today and you went to Hardee's and you were like, can I have this for free? Because I'm George Washington. People would be like, dude, you're awesome. If you showed up, if you showed up at Hardee's on the 4th of July and you showed with your ID that your name was George Washington, like that would be awesome, right? Being named Saul and loving God and being so well trained in his word is going to open up so many doors for you. Who, hey, what's your name? Saul. Oh, you're named after our first great king. You're awesome. Come on, have dinner at my house. Guess what Paul means? Paul means little guy. You would not be like, what? My name's Twinkie. I'm here to be your teacher. You're not going to be impressed by that at all, are you? Little guy. But it's Greek. It's a Greek name. And when Saul starts going by the name of Paul, it says, I'm putting away 
this awesome power that I have being named the first king of Israel. And I'm just a little guy. I'm just a little Greek guy. I'm Greek. I, I, I speak Greek. I move around the Greek world. But let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about the God that I serve. So I'm Greek, just like you. But I don't worship Aphrodite. Because that's going to rot your soul. I worship Jesus. And let me tell you about him. So the fact that all of a sudden, he's been on, he's been on Cyprus long enough... And they're starting to talk to more and more non-Jewish. They're starting to talk more and more to Gentiles. And at this moment, it's time where it's, it's like the mask came off. It's like the gloves came off. And we're going worldwide. We're not, we're not talking to just Jews anymore. I'm just going to be a little guy that points the way to Jesus for the whole world. I'm not just going to try to influence Jews anymore. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you came in the flesh and you lived. And then you died on the cross for our sins and you sent your Holy Spirit. That you would empower men like Paul and Barnabas to carry your words all over the world. Lord, I pray for every missionary today. Every missionary that is out on the field, every missionary that's even home for a break, that you would really bless them and encourage them as they take your gospel and your hope across cultural barriers, across racial barriers, across economic barriers and national barriers. Pray for every single missionary that they would be encouraged and built up and strengthened today. Lord, we ask that you would work in us, that we would be bold, that we would not be afraid of Paphos, that we would not be afraid of Aphrodite worshipers, and we would not be afraid of wizards and false prophets and fake magicians, but that we would go boldly with your word and with your spirit to proclaim your good news. We exalt you and we thank you and we are with you, Jesus. Amen. All right.